Well, welcome folks to tonight's session. Tonight I'm going to be dealing with the topic of presence versus power. And uh, this is something that a lot of us, I don't think, has ever been taught before. And I want to just explain the difference to you. How many of you have come to church and thoroughly enjoyed church and been blessed with great worship at times and really felt the power of God moving in church and then go out during the week and then all hell breaks loose and it feels like you're all left alone on a rock and a hard place and then you feel like, oh God, we'll just crawl into a home cell. Hopefully we'll just get fired up by a home cell and then you just get fired up by a home cell and then you just like crawl it out to Sunday the next Sunday. Come on, who's ever felt like that? Now I want to explain to you where the problem is with this and why it happens to us. So many Christians go, but it's so much fun when we're together and I feel nice and great. But the minute I leave church, then it's not so great anymore. And I want to show you the difference between the presence of God and the power of God. And that is the reason why you feel like that. Alright, let's start off with the presence of God. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 22 verse 3, and you're going to have to just write down, I've got a serious amount of scripture to get through tonight, and so just write it down and then you can go and study it when you get home. Psalm 22 verse 3 says this, But you are holy and you enthrone the praises of Israel. Now we've adapted this thing, God inhabits the praises of His people. You know that phrase, I'm sure we've heard it before. When we come to worshipping God, God inhabits the praises of His people. Now I want to say something to you that's very critical. When you get into churches, you have to find somebody who actually has an anointed anointing to worship as a worship leader. Not just an entertainer. I've been to many churches where the guy is technically brilliant, but he carries no anointing. He doesn't bring the presence of God into the place. And so you need to have the presence of God in the place for things to start happening. And so, so many times you'll walk into a church and go, but I don't feel the presence of God in this place. Well then, it's because the worship leader is not a real worshiper. They might be a good entertainer, they can sing the songs, and technically they might be brilliant. You know, I know of one particular guy that used to lead worship. Man, this guy couldn't even sing on note. I mean, he created chords and keys. You know, he sang between the cracks, I'm telling you. But yet, every time he picked up a guitar, the power of God would just hit the place. The presence of God was so on him, that no matter whether he could sing or not, The anointing would just saturate the building. Now I want you to know that this is important. We need to get into God's presence. Now this is what is critical is this. Satan was the worship leader in heaven. And God created man because he wanted fellowship, not because he had to have it, but because man wanted it. He created you with a free will. But God's biggest desire is for you to have a relationship with God. Now God the Father only rocks up in our worship time. God inhabits the praises of His people. God is still looking for that original worship that was originally there. 
And he wants man to replace Satan in the worship section. And he's looking for men that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Read that in John chapter 4, 24. And it says that God is spirit and he looks for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So when we come together, there is a corporate anointing that takes place. What do I mean by that? When you come together, we worship God in one accord. And we really have a worship leader that brings the presence of God into the place. There is an anointing that starts taking place and miracles start coming to being in the meeting. I've been in many meetings, just in the worship, people have walked out of wheelchairs, I mean people have got healings, they've got things, God will speak to them directly, it's been phenomenal what happens when the worship is right. And this is critical, that we need to get this back into the churches, so that when we walk in, we feel the presence of God. Now, what does that presence do? This is where we're going to get to the rubber meets the road stuff. What does the presence of God do? The presence of God changes you. It changes you. How many times have you said, well, I don't think the same. You don't even realize it. I don't speak the same. Or I don't react the same way that I used to react. What has brought about that change? It is the presence of God. When you come into God's presence, you cannot remain the same. Right into the Old Testament. When they got into God's presence, they changed forever. You know, it was interesting, even in the New Testament, in the Mount of Transfiguration, when the disciples saw the real presence of God, they said, man, let's build tents and stay here. We're not going to leave. Who wants to leave this place? See, so I want you to see something, that when the presence comes in, lives are radically changed. And God wants us to get to that place. But unfortunately, there are many churches that you can't can't walk into, and they have good sounding worship, but there's no presence. And people's lives are not changed. So we have got to make sure that we strive towards that. And if you're a leader of a church, you have got to make sure that your praise and worship team are not just professional. They are genuine worshippers. Now let me give you an illustration of some of the things that we talk about. Now, a worship leader is meant to bring me into God's presence. Now most of us, when we walk into church, we are not church-orientated. What do I mean by that? Well, most of us, when we walk into church, we are still busy fighting about burnt toast, late kids, you know, just get there quickly. And you walk into church, the last thing you're busy doing is worshipping God when you walk in here. And some of us have had a tough week at work, and all we're thinking about is work situation, and you come into church. It is the worship leader's responsibility to draw you from that state, right into God's presence, so that the power of God starts moving in your life to such a degree that you're not the same. And so, that is the function or the purpose of the worship leader. Why do we have um, singing in in our churches? The main reason for that is because the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of His people. You want God to rock up. How many of you want to meet the living God every time we get together? Come on. I'm tired of playing church. I'm tired of singing songs and there's no power. I need to see a demonstration of God moving in people's lives and changing their lives. What God does in a few minutes in a real 
a present situation, it would take us months of counseling. So I want to tell you a story once. I've heard that, use Darlene as an example, Darlene from Yilsong, I heard that she was a real worshipper. Now obviously, I mean, she's the worship leader of Yilsong, you know, and you, and you see her on TV and things, you think, okay, she's very good. So, there was a time in Ramah where there was a ladies' conference. I went to go and drop Janine and somebody else off. So I just uh, decided to sneak into the ladies' conference. And so I'm sitting right at the back of Rayma, And Rayma can seat about 8,000 people. And there was probably about 4,000, 5,000 people there, all ladies. You know, and they're sitting in the front. But I'm sitting in the, the very back row because I'm not allowed to be there. So... I'm snuck into this meeting, and the next second Darlene gets up and she says, No, I'm not going to minister today, preach today. I'm just going to just worship the Lord a little bit. Man, I tell you, by the second song, I could feel the presence of God so strong in that auditorium, and I'm right at the back, that I could hardly stand. And then we go to Jesus' culture, and there goes Chris, and he strings his guitar, strums it. By the second strumming, the power of God hits that place and everybody starts crying and they all duck under the chairs and that's them all gone for the rest of the meeting for hours. They're just sitting in God's presence and God ministering to everybody. Man, I tell you what, there is nothing like coming into contact with a living God when the presence of God is so tangible because the worship leader brings in God's presence. How do they do that? They have a heart for worship. They worship wherever they are. I mean, Darlene was explaining, she's just a housewife, she's washing dishes, just worshiping God, but she brings that presence into a building, an auditorium, and people's lives are radically changed. I mean, I saw with Darlene, in 45 minutes, not only did she bring the presence in, she had a mass deliverance of 4,000 women got set free of demonic stuff and bondages. In 45 minutes, 4,000 were set free. Now that I like. Come on. You know how much counsel you just saved yourself? So I'm just looking at this light. I'm saying, God, your presence is needed today. I need the presence of God. I need to change. I need to change the way that I think. I need to change the way that I act. My lifestyle has got to be in line with the Word of God, but I've got to allow the presence of God to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it in my own strength. So, what does the presence do? The presence brings certain things. Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 7, it says that it brings blessing. And it says, there, sh- there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice um, in it all, to which you have put your hand, you and your household, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. There is a blessing that starts operating when you come into the presence. Then you can get comfort if you have any type of trouble or anxiety. I like this one, Joshua 1.5. It says, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Remember now, Joshua has just been given this job to handle all these Israelites and go and take the promised land. And yet God promises him, he says, listen, as I was with him, I'm going to be with you. You don't have to worry. I, God, am going to help you. 
I want you to know when you're in God's presence, God makes himself so real to you, so that when the world comes, or something comes your way, your, your path, you don't get fearful or scared anymore. You know, like you know, that God is on your side and it's going to happen, and it's going to work out for you. How do I know that? Because I've had an experience with the living God. I have had the presence of God in my life. And when I get that, I experience a change in the way that I think. You know, once you've experienced the presence of God, really, you start getting hungry for that. Now what has been sad in the last few years is there's many churches that we walk into and we don't get that. I sort of felt like I've been ripped off. I just go, God, please help the churches realize we need the presence. The presence is what changes people. You end up getting strength in Psalm 42 verse 5. It says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Okay, why are you disquieted within me? Hoping God shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. In other words, when I praise God and I bring God's praises and the praise brings the presence. Once I've got the presence, I will get strength. The most common one that we all know is that you'll have joy. In Acts 2.25, for David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. How's this? David says, man, you talk about presence. Wherever I went, I saw God. Why could he say that? Because he was a worshipper. Come on, David was a solid worshipper. Man, he was so into worship that he got musicians to worship 24 hours in front of the, the tabernacle. Can you imagine what type of presence was brought down when you have worshipped 24 hours of skilled musicians, anointed of God, doing what they meant to do and bringing God's presence all the time? So David goes, wherever I am, in my face is God's presence. He had tapped into God so much that wherever he went, he could feel the presence of God. That's why when he sinned and the prophet confronted him, he says, God, whatever you do, just don't take your Holy Spirit from me. I just don't want to lose this presence. I don't want to lose the sensation that I have. And he says, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. And he is at my right hand, and I shall not be shaken. Verse 28, Acts 2, 28. And it says, and you've been known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. When you get into the presence of God, you are going to have joy. Joy is not happy. Okay? You can be going through an absolute torment in your life, and yet you can have joy, a supernatural joy flowing out of you. Then Psalm 16:11, it says, For you shall uh, show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So I want you to see something, that when we speak about this, we are talking about God's presence that can change you. How many of you would like to be changed? How many of you tried to change yourself and it didn't work out so liquor? Come on, it worked out for two days. How do I know that? How many of you ever made a New Year's resolution? What is the longest that you made with that New Year's resolution? Who made it past a week? Now, I'm going to diet now. From the first, I'm dieting. By the fourth day, man... That junk food starts calling me by name. Arthur, come eat me, come eat me. Come on. You can't do it in your own strength. You need to genuinely have an encounter with God that changes you. 
Okay? Another person who had it was Paul. Remember when he was on the road? When he was still sore? And he had this heavy experience with God? And he was in God's presence. And guess what? Paul was never the same again. When you get into the presence, your life is going to change. Now I want to say something. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10.25, it says, Nor forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What does that mean? It means we have got to get back to the local church. I believe in the local church. There are a lot of Christians right now that are not finding what they should be finding in the local church. Like I said, they'll come to church. They are not finding the worship that brings a presence that changes them. They come to church, they're not finding the true word of God. There's a lot of rubbish that has been taught and they are not finding what they should be finding. There's not enough food. But let me tell you something. It does not dis, um, disband or discourage or disassociate uh, yourself from the local church. There's no excuse. We have got to trust God that God starts raising men and women up that is going to bring back true worship, true word, and set people free in Jesus' name. Because God instituted the local church. And the local church has got to be the place where the power of God is manifested. Why? Because when you come together, the Bible says, don't neglect the gathering of the saints. It says, when you come together, you have got a gift that is for somebody else. You have got an anointing that is for somebody else. You bring your anointing, I bring my anointing, and together we create this powerful force. You see, I have not seen miracles as strong outside of a church meeting than I have inside of a church meeting. Why? Because the presence of God is so strong that things start happening because everybody's in one accord. One will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. Now when you start getting a few guys together, there is a serious spiritual dynamic that takes place. So if we are lacking in that area in our cities, then we need to start praying. Pray for our leaders. Pray that there will be a revival of the Word. People will go back to the Word and start learning what the Bible says and teaching the Word and not a motivational gospel. That they will start, that the praise and worship leaders will start having an encounter with God, separating themselves and saying, God, I really need a heart of worship. I need to carry the presence of God into this place and I can draw people into your presence so that they can be set free and changed forever. But don't discredit or dismiss the local church. God has instituted it, and we need to pray for the local church. And if you're in a city where things are not working so lacquer, start praying that God will raise up men and women to bring this back into order. Amen. Alright, now, let's go and have a look at power. So a lot of us have experienced this sometime or other. We will come into a church and we'll get that encounter with God. We'll have the presence of God and we'll walk out of there saying, that was awesome, that was great. My life has changed. But the next week, it's almost like you become very dry. I want to show you what this is. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says this. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses uh, to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I want you to see something very clearly here. The presence of God, the function of the presence is to change 
somebody. The function of the power is to deliver somebody. It's a different function. The power of God is not meant for inside of a church. The power of God is meant anywhere. Let me give you an example. If I've got a Satanist who is totally bound up, I can't bring him into God's presence. The clash is too much, they can't handle it. But if I take him outside and I deliver them first and I bring him into God's presence, God will change them. Are you guys with me? That is why I've ever been in church and somebody starts manifesting, starts screaming demons and all sorts of stuff happens. I'm sure you've seen this before. Why is that? Because that darkness cannot handle the light. And so the power that God has given us is for us to be witnesses and for us to go out there and go make a difference for the rest of the week. So let's use some examples. Okay? I want to make this statement. The power of God is for outside of the church building. It's not for inside. It's not for us to come with a holy idol. You see, what we have done is we have just relied on the presence of God and said, that's fine. That's all about us. We'll come with our holy bless me club. God bless me. God touch me. And there's some people that have been touched so much, but there's, there's just nothing going past that. I want to tell you something. The power of God is there to set people free. And we are supposed to get energized or built up inside here so we can go out and use the power that God has given us. So when we go out into the street, let's look at some of the guys. Paul, Acts 19.12. It says, and even when he was busy, handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left him and the evil spirits went out of them. Yes, Paul, he's busy making tents. And he's busy working. And the Bible says they use handkerchiefs. So there's nice little handkerchiefs that you put in your pocket. Man, it's like a, a what do they call us? Bandanas. Those things around the head, sweat things. And yeah, he's going, listen man, I'm now, I don't have time to go. Just take this. The power of God was so on Paul that it saturated his clothes. And it used his apron. Have you seen guys that are working with leather and stuff? They've got these aprons on. Okay? He says, man, I don't have time for this. Yes, the cloth, go and lay hands on the guy. Yes, my apron, go and help. The power of God was so full in Paul's life that it saturated his clothing. So he did not have a problem whether he was in church or out of church. Whether he was doing a secular job or whether he was doing a spiritual job. The power of God to saturate him. Peter, in Acts 5.15, it says, So they brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, at the least, so that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on them, because his shadow was healing the sick. Come on now, you've got to have some power when your shadow even has some power. Come on. Walk past and check with my shadow. Listen, if it was me, I would have tested this out with a lot of fun, eh? Okay, are you healed yet? Come on. And there we see Peter was carrying the, the power of God to such a degree that his shadow was healing people. So God is looking for us to go out and carry that power outside in our normal workplace, in our normal environment, and yet change every single situation. Wherever there's a bondage, you break it off. 
And then we see even Jesus in Matthew chapter 14. It says, And they begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. It wasn't just the one woman that had touched it. Now everybody wants to touch his garment. Because it says, if you could just touch the hem of his garment, as many as touched it were made whole. Now it's not one oak. You know, they saw it with that woman with the issue of blood who pushed in and touched the hem and got healed. Now everybody decided, yes, if we could just get there. Can you imagine all these people crawling up, just touching the hem, just because the Bible says, whoever touched it got healed. So yeah, Jesus had this permanent power flowing out of his body. Now, what does God want us to do? God wants us to be so powerful that when we walk out there, the power of God is breaking the yoke of bondages of people's lives. So that we can get them in here, into the presence that will change them forever. I'm going to show you just now. The power of God does not always change people. It sets them free, but it doesn't change them. The power delivers... Alright? Now, how do I build up this power so that I operate in the power of God wherever I go? How many of you want to do that? (coughs) Not just rely on the presence. See, this is what's happened in churches. We've relied on the presence. How many of you have seen that we've even separated church from work? We get all holy. Monday, no, listen, now we're at work. See, and that's not God. God has never said do that. God says, take the power into the work. So Monday morning, I should be walking in with the power of God. Because I don't have that presence operating all the time. And so what we do is, we just hope that the presence sustains us until we can get to home cell. Or the presence can sustain us until we get back to church. So we can get back to the gathering again, so we can get another touch of God, and so we can carry on like that. That is not what Christianity is meant to be. Christianity was meant to be, I go out, set somebody free, so that they can come and get changed. Are you guys with me? So now, how do I get this power to maintain in a normal secular environment? Paul gives us the answer. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, uh, sorry, 14. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18. It says this, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. In other words, when I pray in tongues, it builds my power. Now you must understand, it's very important that you understand the difference of these. Because I used to have businessmen who would pray with me, and we would pray twice a day, and we would pray for like months. Man, I tell you what, we were so powerful under the anointing, and we had so much power, but we did a lot of things wrong, because that power does not produce faith. That power does not produce other things. That power is there to set people free. So if I laid hands on somebody, they would get set free like this. They would get healed, they would get all sorts of miracles would take place, but I was not changing them. There's many people that I've prayed for, got set free and said, thank you God, and disappeared. Come on. They don't change. Their life does not get changed by a miracle. The power of God sets people free, but it does not always change them. But when you're in the presence of God, your life will be changed forever. 
And that is why praise and worship is so critical in churches. You have got to get to praise and worship. If you can't get to it, go and buy CDs with people who have a heart after God. That when you play it in your room somewhere, you feel the presence of God come. Because that guy has a heart of worship. And sometimes they can record that stuff. They can catch it on you know, recording. That, that presence that goes with it. In Jude 1.20 it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So I want you to see that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, it starts building up. It's, it's like your, your battery gets charged. Then you've got to release it. How do I release it? In the name of Jesus, I release the power of God over this person. I lay hands on somebody. I declare it. You've got to say stuff. When you release it with your mouth, things start happening. So now, my job is this. I come into God's presence, I get changed. Then I build myself up and I use power for the rest of the week. And I start setting people free. And I break every bondage on people's lives. Not in church. See, I did not understand this. I used to pray in tongues, and I still do, but I used to pray in tongues as a school kid. And even when I didn't feel like there was something happening, I didn't feel the presence of God. I didn't feel like anything. But there would be reactions. Like I remember the one time, and I've told you before, I walked into the one classroom and the teacher started to manifest. And she started screaming and saying, oh, there's a bright light around you and stuff. I did not feel anything. I was just hungry. I wanted to get home and eat. I'm a school kid, man. You know, two o'clock is one thing that you have a vision of. A fridge. There is no other vision. It's not like, a, you know, and then... You get very frustrated if your mother decided like, listen, please go pray for this one or go help somebody. No, I don't want that. I want to get to a fridge. So I got more surprised than the teacher when they started to manifest and say there's bright light. I'm going, I don't feel any bright light. I don't feel anything. I'm just, I'm hungry. The reason for that is because I've been prayed up so much that the power of God was operating in my life. And that power was there to set them free. To break the bondages and to liberate them. But if they came into God's presence, they'll never be the same again. If we could get them into God's presence, they'll be, the, they'll be totally delivered. Now let me tell you something. I had experiences like the executioner in the, with, in the occult. And he was so demonized that he physically could not even get into the building. That I have to deliver him across the parking lot. But yet... When he got set free, the power of God set him free, he could come in and the presence changed him. Do you understand the difference between the presence and the power? But we do not use the power, we're just relying on the presence. We have got to use the power of God wherever we go. So let me just deal with one or two things here quickly. Are you learning something? Let's go to Matthew chapter 17 quickly. And it's a story of, of the disciples who were busy casting out demons. Chapter 17 verse 19. And here's a story that Jesus had said to his disciples, Listen, I want you to go and go and in my name you can cast out devils. And you can go and heal the sick and you can do whatever. But they come to this case and then they can't get this person healed. And they come back to Jesus and they say to Jesus, the, the, the demons did not come out of this person. 
So Jesus goes and chucks out the devil and comes back and privately the disciples come back and they want to discuss this now and they say, what's going on here? The disciples came to Jesus, verse 19, Matthew 17. It says, the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could it be that we could not cast him out? Obviously they're concerned now, they're going, but how come we can't cast this out? And Jesus said to them, because you are unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now I know, and I've heard that there's a teaching going around, that the reason why uh, they couldn't cast this out was because of the unbelief, because that's what that verse says. But look at the next verse. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Let me tell you something. If you pray and fast, it is not going to increase your faith. Prayer and fasting does not increase your faith. What increases your faith? Word and? Word comes by? Hearing. When I hear the word, that is going to sort out my unbelief. When I hear the word, my faith comes. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word, Romans 10, 17. And that is what builds up my faith. Praying and fasting does not build up my faith. So I just want to correct this thing. What is the issue here? Firstly, the disciples weren't even born again. They did not have the Holy Spirit inside of them. When the Holy Spirit came inside of them, what happens then? The Bible says that this kind only comes out with prayer and fasting. What does prayer and fasting do? When I pray in tongues, what does it do? It increases my power. When I fast, what does it do? It increases my power. So prayer and fasting increases my power so that when I come to confront the devil, I have no resistance whatsoever. Did Jesus have a resistance? No. He cast the devil out one shot and the person was healed. You understand? But the disciples couldn't do it. Why? Because they were not full of the Holy Spirit. They could not increase their power. They were only using the name of Jesus. So I want you to understand that when you start increasing your power, nothing but nothing can stop you. So there's not a single devil on this planet that will resist you and be able to withstand you if you are full of the Holy Spirit. How do I get full of the Holy Spirit? I pray in tongues. Does it make sense? No. But does it bring power? Yes. And I want you to know that it was something that happened the other day. There's a guy by the name of, I think his name is... Damien, no, not Damien. What is that preacher that, that they often watch on TV? Um, he's got this big youth movement. Um, I, th- I think it's Damien. I'm the correction. Anyway, he was giving a testimony. There was a guy in church. The guy was busy preaching. A guy comes running in and he says, Listen, I am a warlock. I'm the head of the coven on down the road. And I want to give my heart to the Lord right now. So the guy goes, okay, that's fine. Leads him to the Lord, sets him free. And he says, now tell me something about this thing. Why did you want to get so, um, you were so eager to get born again? The guy says, no, I've had it with all of this. I really am at the place where these Christians have more power than me and I want to get saved. So he says, well, how do you know that, the, that they're Christians? He says, no, it's very interesting. He says, there's a flame that burns over here. He can physically see it. 
in the spirit. You can see when Christians are around, he sees a flame. And he says he tries to curse them, you know, and he'll put curses on them. He says, but then there are some Christians that are totally on fire. They're engulfed with flames. And he says, and what about those? He says, no, we don't curse them. So he says, why don't you curse them? He says, no, because we know when we curse them, the curse comes back to us. And he says, and then we have torment. Now that is the same experience that we've had. How do you get on fire? You pray in tongues. The power of God in your life is so strong that darkness cannot stand. What is the result? When the seven sons of Sceva tried to cast out devils exactly like Paul did, in the name of Jesus, everything was fine. The devil goes, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? Now why did the devil know Paul? Why did the devil know Paul? He prayed in tongues. He prayed in tongues so much that the devils even knew him by name. Watch out for that oak. That oak's woken up in this morning. That was the only difference that Paul had to anybody else. The only thing that changed in Paul's life was the fact that he understood what tongues was about. He says, I pray in tongues more than you all. The power of God raised so much in his life that he could do supernatural miracles of setting people free even when he was working. The power of God saturated him that his clothing got saturated. Man, that is where we should be operating on. And if you're not operating on it, it's simple. You are not charged up. Your battery is pop. Some of you need jumper leads. Oh God, please, Arthur, come pray for me. I'm not feeling so hot spiritually. Why? Because it's called jumper leads. You've got to get some of my power. So that you can kickstart your life. That's the only reason. God never said that preachers have more power than anybody else. God says the fivefold there to equip you so that you can do the work. So that you can go out with the power that you meant to go out, break the bondages, set the people free, and then bring them in here so they can get the presence. Because the presence will change you. One last scripture. You guys still with me? Let's go to... Where are we going? Luke chapter 17. I want to show you something. The power of God does not always change you. I need to make that very clear. Luke chapter 17 verse 12. This is the story of Jesus with the ten lepers. Then he entered a certain village and there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood off afar. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priest. And as it was, that they were cleansed. And one of them, who saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice glorifying God. And fell on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Now you know the Samaritans weren't very popular with the, with the Jewish guys, okay? With the uh, Israelites. So Jesus answered and said, Were you not ten? Where's the other nine? You see, ten people got set free, only one got changed. I want you to know, do not get discouraged when you come and use the power of God and you use it over and over and you set people free and then you go, God, surely there must be change. No, the power of God is there to liberate people and break the bondage and get the person in their right mind. Then they've still got a free choice if they want to change or not. Okay? 
So don't get discouraged. I used to get absolutely frustrated. I say, God, I've prayed for this person five times and they're still coming back with the same issue. Surely there must be some change by now. God, I don't know how many times I've got to lie on the floor and I don't see change. Because the power is to set you free. The presence changes you. So write this down as a closing thought. Presence always changes us. Power always delivers us. And we as believers are meant to operate in both. When we come together as a corporate unity and we bring the presence of God in, and we say, God, we worship you, the power of God, the experience will change your life forever. I've been in services where the power of God and the presence of God was so tangible that you just did not want to leave. And you just knew that God was in this place. Sometimes you'll get there and there'll be a silence and everybody's like looking at each other and don't know what to do because nobody wants to disturb this because God is dealing with His people. That is how church should be. Okay? People should want to come to church. I remember growing up not wanting to miss church. We'd have to rock up early just to get a seat. If you rocked up five minutes before the time, you did not get a seat. And there was, there was a 2,000 seat of church. I did not want to miss anything because the power of God was operating so strongly because of the presence. People's lives were being changed. You could see somebody coming there all messed up and weeks later you see how God has changed their lives physically. And I want to challenge us tonight. When you get together, you say, to have this attitude, one chases a thousand, two chases ten thousand. God, we are going to unite our faith together and we are going to break things and change things in the name of Jesus. We are not going to stay the same. So tonight, I want to challenge everybody. Do not just rely on the presence. Get your power charged up so you can break the bondages of people's lives. All you have to do is say, in the name of Jesus, I break this. I reverse this curse. I command the sickness to go. I command this devil to go. In the name of Jesus. I mean, you guys have had enough teaching now to know how to do some of this stuff. Go and practice. So that when you get back here next time, you sit down and say, God, I'm bringing somebody in here so that they can experience the presence. So that you can touch them. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, I just thank you that we are not going to just rely on the worship sessions, Lord, where we come into the presence of Jesus Christ and the power of God. But Lord, I thank you that as we go out in the week, Lord, we are going to carry the power of God outside of church walls. And we are going to release the power of God on people's lives and see them delivered in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, lives are going to be set free because of the power operating that is in our lives in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that we are going to be burning bushes. Lord, wherever we go, the fire of God is going to be physical around us. Lord, that people are going to recognize that we have been with the living God. That we carry the power of the living God. That every devil in hell knows us by name. Thank you for listening to the message today.
For more of my teachings, please visit our website, www.fathersheart.co.za, or subscribe to our podcast by going to iTunes and search for Arthur Frost and subscribe to my sermons podcast. May we be richly blessed as we apply the truth of God's Word as He reveals it to us. Many blessings and God bless.